Welcome to the Seek Podcast. We are so glad you're here. I'm Erin Falbo, your host for this season. Each week, we're sharing content that dives into the heart of the gospel, who God is, who we are, and what it means to live in relationship with Him. We're excited to walk with you as you encounter the Lord. So great to be with you. I've been uh, asked to speak on what's at stake. And here's the reality. Everyone who has ever lived still does somewhere. There couldn't be more at stake. Here's a conversation that never takes place in hell. Hey, when I was on earth, used to drive a Ferrari. Because the response would be, who cares? You are on fire. And here's a conversation that never takes place in heaven. Hey, when I was on earth, I used to drive a Ferrari. Because the response would be, who cares? You can fly. Here's the reality about what we're dealing with in life and death and eternal life is that nothing else matters. If you have all the fame and all the glory and all the success and all the wealth and you win all the prizes and you die and you're not with Christ, you lose forever. And if you don't ever get the prizes or the fame or the glory, you always feel like you kind of missed out. You don't quite get to do what you wanted to do and you die with Christ, you win. This is it, heaven or hell, eternity. And what I want to talk to you is not about whether you're going or not. I'm concerned about that. But I want to talk about a world that is waiting for you to come alive. I'd like to talk a little bit about the here and now. I'd like to talk a little bit about the hereafter. And then I'd like to talk about how God wants to make you amazing. He wants to transform you and change you. He wants to walk with you into other people's lives so that their lives can be changed. It's an amazing opportunity that we have. And you're experiencing that right now. We're talking about, okay, now that I've had some sense, and I realize there are people in this room that are wrestling, there are people that are watching that are wrestling. Hey, what's going on between me and God? And that's the most important thing, to resolve that. Jonathan, Mark Wahlberg, they talked about that. We want to get right with God. God wants to take you on an amazing journey. Sit back and say, oh my goodness, I don't know if I'm, if I'm worthy. I don't know if I'm able. Think about this. If you read the Bible, there's a prophet called Balaam, and God says, I want you to prophesy. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do it. And he, I want you to prophesy. No, I'm not going to do it. I want you to prophesy three times. He said, I want you to prophesy. Balaam's like, I'm not going to do it. And so Balaam is taking a ride on his donkey and because he said no to God three times, God's going to kill him. And his donkey turns around and says, what are you doing? That donkey had no capacity for leadership. But he turned around and talked. Think about the Blessed Virgin Mary. She's a virgin called to be a mother. Talk about a lack of gifting. I, wow, I just actually can't do that. You can do anything with God. God is not concerned with your ability. He's concerned with your availability. 
Will you make yourself available? When we think about the reality that nothing else matters, or if it does matter, it only matters after. Jesus said it this way, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, and then all these things can be added to you. But let, let's get this right. So I'd like to deal with a, a challenge that I think we deal with. You know, we, we, uh, every year we uh, invite young people onto mission. And there's over 200 people here who have accepted positions with Focus for next year. I want to thank you for coming on mission with us. That is awesome. There are hundreds of people who are on an interview week this week during our time at SEEK, and you're weighing the options and the consideration. I want to thank you for being willing to be radical with Jesus Christ. Thank you. It's awesome. Yes. But I want to talk to each of you, and I'm not talking just to the college students. There are thousands of non-college students here. Yes, all right. To the old people, or not so old. I want to talk to you as well. Because the issue is, here's the reality. In, in, a, in a very real way, each of us is writing our autobiography with the choices we make. What will be your life story? I had an imagination uh, of my first day in heaven, and I, I thought, okay, here we have a first day in heaven, I don't know what heaven's going to be like. In fact, we know we don't know. It says it hasn't entered into the hearts or minds of men what has, God has prepared for us. But I thought, okay, you get to heaven, and one of the images in the scriptures is a wedding feast. So I, I walk into this wedding feast, and I'm like, wow. It's, it's the most beautiful room, and it's filled with people, and they're all happy, and an angel flies by with some hors d'oeuvres. You're like, this is so cool. And then the lights go up and down. And you're like, oh, say, I'm, I'm supposed to get, a, I'm supposed to get a, a chair. And it's not assigned seating. And where should I sit? And all of a sudden, I look at a, a table, and there's a bunch of people smiling. And they say, we, we have a right? And I said, oh, is this seat saved? And they say, yes. I was like, oh, well, wait, it's heaven. Everything is saved. It's, that's, it, it's, it's for you. I, okay. So I sit down. I'm like, okay, it's pretty cool. And I'm looking around, and, uh, and, and there's an old guy across the table from me. And I'm like, I catch his eye. I'm like, hi. And he, he looks at me and goes, first day? I say, yeah. Uh, who are you? And he says, I'm Ignatius. I'm from Antioch. And I'm like, uh, Cool, and the guy next to him says, he's being very, very humble. It's Saint Ignatius of Antioch. <laughs> and I'm thinking, <laughs> wow, I wish I had paid attention to catechism because I have no idea who this guy is. <laughs> <laughs> but it's heaven, and so you think pretty quickly on your feet, and I'm like, well, tell me about yourself. <laughs> and he says, uh, wow. So Jesus, on his last day on earth, he turned to his apostles and the other followers, and he said to them, all authority in heaven and earth have been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe all that I've commanded you, and I will be with you until the end of the age. One of those apostles was the apostle John. 
and he made disciples, I was one of them. You knew the apostle John? <laughs> Did. And then, because my mind's pretty sharp, because I'm in heaven, I'm like, but at, at the crucifixion, Jesus gave the Blessed Virgin Mary to John. <laughs> did you know Mary also? Yeah, I did. I lived with them. Wow. So what happened next? He said, well, I lived a long life. I was in my 80s, and all of a sudden there was a persecution that arose, and, and the emperor said, we're going to condemn all the Christians, and I was one of the leaders, so they caught me in Antioch, and they marched me back for weeks to Rome, and uh, I was going to be sentenced to death. I wrote letters. I didn't have much time. I wrote letters to the Christians and uh, talking to them about Jesus and the, the church and the Eucharist. And at one point in time, I found out that they were going to try to rescue me. And I wrote a letter and said, please don't rescue me. Jesus died for me. Please, I'm an old man. Let me die for Jesus. How are they going to kill you? Oh, they were going to feed me to wild animals. So what happened? They didn't rescue me. I was found guilty of being a Christian. And they fed me to wild animals. And I've been here ever since. So tell me about you. Never thought you could be this uncomfortable in heaven. One Lent, I gave up chocolate. I don't know what heaven's going to be like. I'm not sure we'll ever be able to take our eyes off of the Blessed Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But if we ever can to be able to look shoulder to shoulder with the other people who are so amazed at how cool it is, are so grateful, we're going to want to share stories about what Jesus did in our life. And today, you get to choose. You're writing your autobiography right now with your choices. What is your life going to be like? Because here's the deal. Pope Benedict who I was very honored to know for over 30 years. We just honored him. On the first day that he was Pope, he said Mass. The first time he said Mass as Pope, my wife and I were in Hawaii because we vacationed a lot. No, we were doing a retreat for the military, but we were in Hawaii. And um, I was watching on television the first Mass. And the Pope, during his homily, said, the world offers you comfort but you were not made for comfort. You were made for greatness. And I want to share that with you because I believe it to be true of everyone in this room and everybody who's watching and everyone who isn't. This is the great news that we have this amazing reality. Let me tell you a story. Because here's the reality. I, I think there's two things I want to go after. That there's not a need and that you're not called. Let's talk about there's not a need. We send mission trips, hundreds of them, all over the world. And uh, as we were on mission trips, we had a group that were in India. And it was, it was a medical mission trip. There were nursing students there. And as they're in India, they're in Calcutta. And all of a sudden, they see this young girl who's dying. 
she's covered in open wounds. And, and, and she's shivering and, and, and she's dying. And we don't speak her language and we try to talk to her, but at first she's like a wounded animal. Leave me, no one's ever been nice to me, leave me alone. And we're like, would you like some water? Somebody said, we should go to, the, let's go to the store and get some bandages and, and just try to, to help her with her open wounds. And over the next hour or so, we, she began to trust us. And then, then we got back with the, the medicine and, and, and we started just put some, some bandages on it. And at first she was like, what are you doing? It hurts. Just, don't touch me there. And then she trusted. But in the meantime, hundreds of people started to gather around. And then finally, somebody leaned forward and said, what are you doing? We're trying to help her. And he said, why? She was obviously a terrible person in a previous life, which is what accounts for her current condition. Let her suffer so that she can come back better in the next life. Now, if reincarnation is true and karma is real, okay. But if it's not, and this girl only has one life, and the people who could help her only have one life, what do you do? I'm not here to criticize the Hindus and the Buddhists at all. They're amazing people. But the belief in reincarnation and karma actually traps them in a world that that offers no mercy. I was talking to a friend of mine who's a Buddhist convert, and she said, Curtis, as a Buddhist, we didn't believe in forgiveness. And when I realized that Jesus was God and he wanted to forgive me, it changed my life. Please don't think that the world is happy. It's a very brutal, brutal place, and people are waiting for you to rescue them. For you to rescue them. To rescue them from the here and the now and the wounds and the sorrows and, and, and the lack of love and the lack of compassion. Yes, to all of that. But all of us, all of us are going to be dead 150 years from now. They also need to be rescued into eternal life with Jesus Christ. And you can bring them there. So let's talk about I'm not called. Every year, we try to hire hundreds and hundreds of young people. And uh, I, we frequently hear, hey, would you, would you consider being a missionary? And I'm not talking about a focused missionary. I'm just talking about a missionary disciple of Jesus Christ who chooses to embrace not just Christ, but his mission. We've invited you so far in these four days to look at Christ, to look at yourself and realize God loves you. Oh, I don't know if I'm worthy. Oh, my goodness. He died for you. How worthy could you be? Yes, you're wounded and broken. How's he going to heal you? He's going to call you to follow him. And as you walk with him, you'll be healed. You'll be transformed. And we hear, would you, would you consider becoming a missionary? Yeah, I, I just don't feel called. Because when I hear that, I, I feel like I'm talking to a fireman who's in a firehouse and the alarms are going off and everybody's jumping in the truck and somebody's playing a video game going, yeah, I just don't feel called. Are you kidding me? The world's on fire. They're waiting for you. 
for this life and eternal life. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I, I, I'm just not equipped. God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. I know you're not ready today. I know you don't feel worthy. I know you're quite sure that you can do it. And here's the secret. You can't, neither can I. But he can. And he wants to work through you. Imagine if the 17,000 people here were to accept the invitation, not just to receive Jesus' mercy, which is the first and fundamental step. Oh my goodness, please, Lord, let me receive your mercy. I've been at this for 40 years as an adult Catholic once I came back to Christ. And I still trip along the way all the time. I'm a weak, sinful man. But I am on mission. And I'd be honored to be on mission with you. The world's on fire, and we need spiritual firemen and firewomen to be able to embrace not just Christ, but his mission. Go make disciples of all the nations. Teach them all that I've commanded. Would you join, would you hear that? First, for the love of God, and in response to what Jesus has done for us. Jesus gave us an infinite, infinite gift of himself. And we don't have infinite gifts to give back. We don't. But you can't give him everything. You can give him all you have. And that's all he wants. Just wants you. Just wants you. To come to him, to allow him to heal you, to walk with you, to be on mission. What's at stake? Everything. How's, how, how can we respond? We can turn to Jesus. Embrace his mercy. Embrace him. And then embrace his mission. The world is waiting. You pick your corner. Let God tell you. Are you going to feed the hungry? Are you going to clothe the naked? Are you going to evangelize those who don't know Christ? Are you going to re-evangelize those who grew up in Christian homes but have forgotten? It doesn't matter where you go. That's between you and God. That you go. That you go is incredible. It's incredibly important. St. Catherine of Siena, one of my heroes, said this. She said, if you are what you were meant to be, you would set the world on fire. Brothers and sisters, not my invitation, Jesus' invitation for you, is would you allow him to let you become who you're meant to be so that you could set the world on fire? Thank you. Thanks for listening, friends. To hear more content from speakers like this, join us for Seek 24 in St. Louis, January 1st through the 5th. Visit seek.focus.org to learn more.